0: I'll take the minute to say that I've been watching the President Trump and his team. Uh their the briefing that they regularly make. I gotta tell you those guys look tired. Uh some of them look like they're about, about ready to fall asleep on their feet. They really need our prayers. It's uh it is it is difficult, I'm sure. This is This man, President Trump, I don't know how you feel about him. He's making decisions that affect the whole world. Everybody's health, apparently. Uh, And he really needs prayer. His team, they all need prayer. I see our congressmen and senators are beginning to come down with a positive test for the coronavirus. And uh, they... (laughs) they need our prayers these are the people who have to make our decisions for us uh and they need our prayer this is this is what the bible calls distress of nations with perplexity we told these we were told these times were coming and the uh, the remarkable thing is that this this may be minor compared to things that uh that are going to be coming, uh, in in my view, in the very near future. We're in the Revelation. We're going to get started there. We came to verse 4, so we'll get started there in just a minute, but I was writing down some things. Hopefully, most of you know that I'm preaching through Luke. Have been for a long time, and not long ago, we were in Luke 21, and we were... We were we were studying the Olivet Discourse and how Luke presented the Olivet Discourse and Jesus mentioned in a summary fashion things that would be cataclysmic and critical uh to the whole world, the whole planet. And he, he mentioned this thing and that thing and another thing and another thing. And he said, when you begin to see these things come to pass, that is, they converge. They all come together. Then look up and lift up your heads for your redemption draws nigh. The birth pangs, when those things really reach their pinnacle, it's called birth pangs. That's the tribulation. I'm convinced and I know from my 42 years of personal Bible study, and I haven't been influenced by this as a matter of fact, when I started preaching, I was not premillennial and I was not pre tribulational, I'll just tell you. It took several years of my own personal study and especially my private personal study in reading, uh, especially the Greek uh, and the voice tense and mood of, of verbs and th- things that just cannot be shaken. And I finally collapsed into the belief that the truth of the scripture is that the church is going to be pre-tribulationally raptured uh, at the end of the age, uh, which will be a part of the first resurrection. I believe that with all my heart. I don't want to debate it because the Bible says don't enter into foolish debates, uh, and I'm not going to do that. I'm not a debater on these things. I'm a teacher, and I only teach what I have been firmly convinced is the truth. After my own personal, very deep study, as deep as I can get, uh, into the scriptures, how having said all that, thinking about what Christ said in luke twenty one uh, we we have this uh, convergence of things that are very variously mentioned in both Testaments that talk about th- this is a critical event or or this is a cataclysmic situation that will only be, be come about at the end of days in the latter time. And I wrote down those things. First of all, the Ezekiel War. Now, the Ezekiel War in, involves, involves uh, Israel, the nation of Israel, after Israel has been regathered. That's the time when we live. Now, the Ezekiel War, in my view, apparently begins at about the time the church is caught away in a rapture. So there's the Ezekiel War. And the Ezekiel War designates that there are three particular powers that come together against Israel. And in modern day vernacular, those, those, those powers are Russia, Iran, and Turkey. And then there are other smaller, smaller nations that uh, surround Israel as well. And, it, and there's a great, there's a war. It's a very brief war. Uh, I won't get into the details because this is our, this is our study Maybe maybe we won't be here come May. Maybe the Lord will have come and gotten us. But in the first weekend in May, this is our our retreat, our adult Bible retreat up in Townsend, Tennessee. the The subject matter will be the Ezekiel. But there's the Ezekiel War that, in my view, could could be going on right now. Something could have triggered it because everything that everything that's described is already in place. The second thing is this. Uh, this coronavirus thing, uh, looking about plagues and and all that uh, are unleashed into the world uh, in the last seven years of history. We're not in the tribulation. But look at how confusing and how scared people are um, about this thing. And if you you multiply that exponentially and with the church having been removed, nothing to be salt and light uh, in a world of what I call earth dwellers, uh, except for those whom God is calling out to himself, most specifically the nation of Israel during that time, but other Gentiles as well, tribulation saints, we call them, um, ex- except for those and most of those people who will be killed because of their faith. Just think of how crazy. At one point it says the whole world's going to call out for the mountains and the rocks to fall on them and kill them. Uh, so we have the Ezekiel War. Then we have this, compared to what's going to happen in the future, a very minor virus, a plague. Speaking of plagues, there are the locusts that are taking over parts of, of Africa, from what I read, uh, unlike anything we've seen in, in, in our time, I guess, as far as I know. Earthquakes. There's, there's the... Christ said earthquake in diverse places. That means around, all around. I have two apps that, that keep a report on the earthquake. Earthquakes are happening all over the world, all the time. There was a rather significant earthquake not long ago in, in Utah, and then there were the after tremors. Uh, and um, today I heard, uh, the, saw a report on Fox News there that uh, that there's an unusual uh, burping or, or breathing in and out at, uh, at Yellowstone. And that's supposed to be one of, the, one of the worst places in the world that if it ever blows, it'll probably blow the whole country of ours away and cover us in ash and all kind of stuff and, and completely ruin our nation, and there it is. You don't, you don't hear people throwing up a red flag about those things. I, I don't understand uh, why. It's, it's not sensationalism. It's glory, hallelujah, the Word of God is true, and Jesus is about to come who who doesn't want that? Um, after earthquakes, uh, difficult and perilous times uh, in the latter days, difficult or perilous times that that coincides with uh, with the uh, distress of nations with perplexity. look at what the world is trying to do with this the little virus thing uh, try, trying to trying to keep up with this thing and then all of the, this awful, awful news about it that's going out everywhere. Uh, there's the cry for globalism. Uh, I heard a guy talking about, uh, I listened to this stuff. I don't know which news program it was on. But he was saying that this, this, this may be proof that the world needs to come together as a, as a one-world government so that we can quickly and easily isolate problems so that we can, we can deal with it and it won't affect the whole world. Um, there's the mark of the beast, speaking of that. On Fox News, it was on foxnews.com, I read it, that uh, large banks in America are, are, are calling out for people to stop using cash. Uh, during, especially during this time, don't use cash. Use your uh, debit cards or whatever, but don't use cash. Now think about that—a cashless society. Of course, their reasoning is you're 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 pa- you're passing this little germ, this virus, along every time you pass a bill, a twenty dollar bill from one hand to another, uh, cash every time it's passed from hand to hand. There's all these germs and viruses and stuff that are stuck on them. So you have this cry for globalism. Christian and Jewish persecution worldwide. You see it every day on the news and people just sort of take it just like a grain of salt. Oh, well, 10,000 Christians were just killed in a certain nation by Muslims or whatever. Uh, Jews are being are being persecuted in certain parts of the world. And, and there ought to be a, a red flag going up. This is the very kind of thing that is if if nothing else, is a precursor to the tribulation, the danger that all believers are in during that time. Uh, a one-world religion in May, the Pope is meeting with the leaders of the, quote, major religions of the world. That, I'm assuming that includes, I know it includes Islam. I'm assuming it includes Hinduism and Buddhism uh, and Frankly, he's going to be discussing the the formation of a one-world religion. Well, that's the false prophet of the the tribulation. The Antichrist has his false prophet, and the false prophet oversees a one-world religion. Well, here in May, I'm interested to hear what comes out of this, if I'm still here, what's going to come out of this discussion about a one-world religion. Daniel says there'll be an increase in knowledge and in travel. Uh, Jesus said it'd be like the days of Noah. There would be increased wickedness in the last days. Apostasy, Paul says, a falling away, a standing away from the faith. Apostasis, to stand away from. Anastasis means to stand again. That's a resurrection. But apostasis, that's, uh, that's apostasy. That means to stand away from... From, from the real thing. Uh, of course, Christ said there'd be wars and rumors of war and kingdom against kingdom. Uh, of course, that's now. And it, and it could really be something that could ignite into something very serious. Well, it's all serious. Any war is serious, but something that would be uh, of, a, of a worldwide nature. And these are just some things I, I wrote down. Now, the, all that I just remembered, that's happening today. That's happening today. To me, to me. that's a red flag. That is a warning to the world and a comfort to the church. The Lord Jesus standing on the edge, Gabriel licking his lips, tuning his trumpet, and the Father checking the household to see that if it's prepared and ready, and then he can say, "Son, go get your bride." When he when he approves of of the fixings to, to us, the New Jerusalem. Well, all that's happening today. Well, how much more has to happen all at the same time? I I kind of know the Bible a little bit, and I'm not sure a whole lot more. This to me sets up the whole thing. I hope it does. I, I'm sure I'm biased about this, and I have this. I have this yearning uh for the return of Christ to this this world especially in the last few years has just left me. I don't um it's I, I can see it the handwriting on the wall as they say. It won't be long I think before the the gospel preaching of Jesus Christ will be illegal, the teaching of the Bible, what I'm doing will be illegal. I go to jail for it. Uh it's hate crime. It's it's something that uh if you come against sin and sinners, uh, they don't like it and, uh, and you'll have to go to jail for it. You'll be the one to suffer. I can, I can see that's already happening in, in some parts of the world. So uh, we need to be uh, aware of the, I think Christians should always be looking for the blessed hope. We should always be looking for the coming of Christ. But I'll tell you, these, these to me identify as the last days for the church more than at any period in history. Uh how could you know, for example, how could you know that earthquakes would be in diverse places, that is, happening at the same time all around the world, unless you had technology like we have today, uh, to detect it and identify it and pinpoint where it happens. You I, I have two apps on both my iPad and my iPhone. I have two apps and if I if I Enabled the notifications, I'd get a ding ding every time there was, an, there was a earthquake. I had it like that at one time, and I kept thinking my phone was ringing. That that bell was running it was going off so much because of an earthquake here, an earthquake just the earthquakes going off all the time. Um, so how could we know, you know? And the Bible talks about in the tribulation that when the two witnesses are killed, the whole world will see their bodies, and then watch them in, re- in their own resurrection. Well, how could that happen until? These days, where we do have the technology uh, to have a live news report from from Jerusalem, where the two witnesses will be, and that's where they'll be killed, and and then they'll get up and the whole world to see it. You know, that's that's where we are. Um, So we have to identify the times. I think we need to be prudent, but we need to be happy and grateful. Uh, We're protected. As bad as things are, we are protected from the worst that this world will ever see. That's taught to us in the the Revelation. So I'm going to get into the Revelation now, chapter one and verse four. Um, John to the seven churches in Asia. Now those seven churches are in Asia. This Asia Minor. that was in the Roman Empire. That's primarily where Turkey is today. Uh, Ephesus is the first of the seven churches and and you move in a crude circle and go all the way around to the seventh church, which is the church in Laodicea. So they were roughly in a circle, not a perfect circle, but they were roughly in a circle, so that, so that bringing the letter to the seven churches would be, well, I'm gonna bring this one first, then this one, this one, this one, all the way around. So John to the seven churches in Asia. Now let's go back for just a second. What is this letter? What is this whole thing about, what we call the Revelation? It is the manifestation, it is the uncovering, verse 1. It is the unveiling of Jesus Christ, which God gave him. This is a gift of the Father from the Son. I don't want to reteach the last lesson that we had in this, but here's the deal. The early church understood salvation. Christ died for our sins, but they didn't know Jesus in in ways that they needed to know him, because Christ in John 17 in his in his prayer before he died, he said, "Father, I want I want these my people to see the glory that I had, which I had with you from before the world ever was." So um, I forgot to silence my phone. Um. So here, this is a gift, uh, and I may as well do that now this is a gift from the Father to the Son that the church may receive the knowledge of who Jesus Christ is and receive a deeper and more wonderful teaching of the Godhead, who God is. So this is a gift from God, he says, to show his bondservants what things are necessary to take place in rapidity, in quickness, And he signified it, he signified it through his angel to his servant John. So now, back to the first phrase, the manifestation of Jesus Christ, the revelation, the unveiling of Jesus Christ, the apocalypse, the the, uh, pulling back the curtain of Jesus Christ is a gift from God the Father to the Son, Jesus Christ. So now, things are going to be taught here that the church needed to hear. He's my Savior, but I don't know. You know. Now, they have advanced here with the last of the living apostles. The, the final book of the Bible needs to be completed so that the church will have the canon of Scripture of the New Testament. And we will have the complete unveiling of Jesus Christ. And we will understand the doctrine of His deity and the doctrine of how He can be the second of the Trinity. Um, and and this is something that really only the only God could reveal, and then after He's revealed it, that only the church could could teach it, receive it, and then teach it. So here we go, John to the seven churches in Asia. Grace to you in peace. Now those are those are two fundamental um, blessings, gifts to the church, grace. And peace, the unmerited favor of of God's salvation, whatever he teaches us or says to us within the realm of our being saved. And peace, the peace that we have, grace and peace to you. Now, it isn't something that we achieve. It isn't something that we snatch away from God. It is something that God gives us. So here it is. Grace to you and peace from him. Now, I want to read it right out of the Greek here because this is really, to me, it's deep. On is the next. Uh, it's uh, from him being. Um, that is uh, that is a form of the word that forms "I am." From, from the I am who is, Kahan, Kahan, and who uh, always was, and who is coming. So he's eternal, all right? Grace and peace from the eternal one. The I am, a thousand years ago, 10,000, whenever he was I am, he is I am now. He will be I am when he comes again. He's always I am. So this grace and peace comes from the eternal one. Now this first part, uh, we're being taught of the triune God here something that maybe the church just didn't understand exactly in the end of the first century but they're being taught you learn these truths by being taught these truths through the word of god so it's time now in this gift that the father gives to the son it's time for the church to be rooted in the word they probably were already taught this i mean the 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 the, the teaching of the trinity exists in the gospels and it exists in the in the letters the other letters but this is the end of the, the book. This is the, this is the closing book of the canon of Scripture. So, this is going to seal the deal here. First of all, grace and peace. Let's let you and I recognize this as the Father, because right after this is the recognition of the Spirit and then the Son. So, uh, grace to you in peace from Him who is being, who was being. Or who is existing, who was existing, and who is coming. Who is coming in his existing. He's the I am. Who was I am, who is I am, who will always be I am, and he's coming. Uh, who is coming. All right, so this is this is the Father in the Son, okay, speaking of coming to us. Then, uh, and that... Uh, that's a that's a a, a present present middle uh, it could be a passive but it means it's now it's this is this is it's a it's a it's a thing that uh when it's in the, when it's in the present it means that it's it's now the, the the father actively participates in it so there is a coming from the father that we understand we're taught And then the Holy Spirit, look at this, and from the seven spirits before the throne or before his throne. Now those seven spirits, I'm not going to go there right now, but they're identified in Isaiah 11, the sevenfold spirit of God. So uh, we have the Father, pardon me, the Son, I mean the the Spirit, and now we have the Son in verse 5. And from Jesus Christ, now, let's see how Jesus Christ is identified here the faithful witness the firstborn the the preeminent one you see prototokos uh that means the preeminent one out from among the dead in uh in the first resurrection Jesus is the preeminent one he is We've been studying that in Luke 24. He is the, it doesn't mean when, it, when it's translated firstborn, that's, that's probably a, a poor translation. The preeminent one probably is better because it speaks of the preeminence of Christ. If you say firstborn, that sort of sounds like he's a created being. and Of course, he's not, but he's, he has preeminence uh, out from among the dead. Uh, the second, he's, let's see, he's the faithful witness. Uh, the preeminent one out from among the dead. That's the next description. And then this description, and the ruler of the kings of the earth. So he, this is, this is what he was, uh, a faithful witness. This is what he is, firstborn, the preeminent one out from the grave, out from the dead, and with regard to the nations what he ever will be the ruler of the kings of the earth to the one loving us and loosing us or releasing us now let me stop here we got to at the language it's in the it's in the aorist active this means that this thing while it's something in the past, it's it's a it's a thing that is indelibly pressed into existence. So it, it's it's there, and it's not going to be not there ever. Uh, releases us from our sins through His blood, and He has made us a kingdom. All right. King of kings over the rulers of the earth in the the kingdom that's coming. This is a great teaching of the revelation. This kingdom is coming. The king of kings is Jesus the Christ, the son of God. He will be the physical presence of God in ruling the nations in this kingdom. But right now, he's king in our hearts and he always will be. So right now, the believers are already in that kingdom in that sense. And he has made us a kingdom comma, priests to his God and Father. So now we, to be a priest means that we have, that's the priesthood of the believer. We have direct access to God. We don't need anybody's help for that. And he has made us that way by what he has done. Uh, to him be the glory and the dominion to the ages of the ages, I think I may have said that I may have mentioned to the ages of the ages. I may have said that uh, today, in this morning's message, it's to onus, ton onus, eon, 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 eon comes out of that. But here it's in the plural. Uh, to the ages of the ages, it's an it's an it's an endless it's an endless thing. Uh, in the accusative, and this is just how it's going to be. Um, always, his, his will always be the glory and the dominion. And to the ages of the ages tells me that the saints of God, his own, his elect, who are, who are in the forever with him, will always be glorifying him And seeing that this is his dominion and to be so grateful and thankful that we have a part of it. So after he does all that, he says, Amen. In other words, that's the truth. Amen. Look, he is coming with the clouds. Now, this is a reference back um, to the one who made us a kingdom and priest's who gave his blood, and of course, that's the Son of God, Jesus Christ. Look, he is coming with the clouds and every eye will see him and those who pierced him. Now, that doesn't mean that they're going to be resurrected and forcibly set in a position to see him, that's not what it is. He was, he was pierced. He was, he was crucified by the religion of the day and the Gentile power of the day, namely Judaism and Rome. They conspired together and uh, they pierced him. Well, the Gentile power that will exist will see him and the religion the one world religion of the false prophet they'll see him because those are the things that work together to try to destroy the witness of Christ it always has been that way and it's going to get worse as we come to the end of the age and we'll and will will um, what whale or or uh, a uh, they will uh Mourn, cry, wail, it's a very powerful word. They will wail because of him. All the tribes of the earth. Then there are two there are two exclamations here. One is nay, yes, and Amen. Amen. Yes. Amen. So when it describes when he describes this glorious coming of Christ, it it sums up, it sums up the the horrible grief and sorrow of the world system which includes, which includes the Gentile system of of administration and leadership in the world, and the world religion. And religion, you see, Christianity is a relationship, it's not a religion really. but a, but a religion is some sort of established thing that uh, is a man-made thing. And it, it sort of floats with the, the day. It, it floats with whatever seems right that, that can gain a lot of attention. Um, and I don't like to think of Christianity as a religion because it's really not. It's not a religion. But it is, it is the world system that will see him. Those that, that would have pierced him, they'll see him. Now in verse eight is the great proclamation from, and this is a reference to Christ. I am, ego, I mean. Ego, I, I mean, am. I am, that's the name of God. I am the alpha and the Omega. Beginning and end, says the Lord God, the one being I am, and who was I am, and who is coming, the all-powerful, the almighty. So here is a great teaching, the deity of Christ. The description of, of the Father earlier in the revelation now comes down to God the Son. God the Father gives this privilege to God the Son uh, and so and so as the second of the God, as the second of the Trinity. Um, He stands as the one who is visible that we can see of God. This is God. This is God, and we can see him. Uh, And he always was, he is, he always will be. I am, name of God, Alpha, the beginning, Uh, and the end. The beginning and the end, Arkei Kai Telos, the Completer, the perfecter. the Ender, the One Who Ends. Here's what this means. All right. So this is the gift that Father gives to the Son. The Church is now learning this. They've already had been taught, but this is this is to close the canon of Scripture and uh, to completely confirm the deity of Christ and that God is a triune God and uh, that the father has granted this privilege to the son that he is both the creator the beginner and the ender the completer the one who brings everything to completion as christ christ will, will he brought it into existence and he will declare its end and then it's it's his great powerful will that will establish the great white throne that will finally bring an end to the universe as we know it. So the power of Christ, now this is the teaching, this is the gift. Father gives the son this gift of the unveiling, of the uncovering, of the manifestation of who he really is and how powerful he is. Now there he was, a penniless carpenter walking among his people Doing things that only God could do, really, but somehow it was lost on a lot of people. And uh, as was their nature, and according to the purpose of God, they killed him. But before they did, Christ proclaimed their destruction and judgment that would come, and he did it with crying and weeping over the city. And then they killed him. And after his resurrection, he ascended. But he's coming again. This is the great promise uh, he's coming again, and what the church is taught here is, hey, all power is His. The Father has granted everything to the Son here. Uh, he granted Him the power of creation. He granted Him the power of consummation. He has granted Him the authority to be the judge of all things, and He'll judge you and me, and He'll judge everybody. And we're going to have to, st- everybody, I don't care who you are, you have to stand before Him someday and he is the one who is, the one who always was, and the one who is coming. He is the Almighty or the Almighty One. He's God. He's very God of very God. So this lays the foundation uh, for the book of the Revelation. And even more, his power and authority are going to be laid down and described as he deals in judgment and in power, and then in the decimation of the present order and the creation of the new order, all of these are going to be seen in the revelation which 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 shows us a demonstration of power that can only be the power of God it's very exciting uh it's a very exciting description of the power of Christ and what he does. Well, we'll stop there uh and uh thank you for for those who joined in with us. Uh, thank you for being with us here. We will continue um, on Wednesday night with uh, uh, what was that? verse 9 in the Revelation. We'll go as far as we can during this time, uh, but we'll have something for you posted tomorrow uh, and, and try to make contact with you every day. These are interesting days. There are days that that our we should grow even fonder of Christ. We should grow even closer to Him, knowing that He's He's already taken care of us. He has everything covered for us, uh, and we really uh, don't have anything to fear uh, or to worry about. Um, and and these things only prove our faith and 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 strengthen the bond, I guess, but between us and our Lord. The Lord already has the bond established, but makes us grow more appreciative of who he is and what he's done. I referenced and alluded to at the beginning of this how I was looking at the, uh, at the what apparently was the last few minutes of the president's uh, briefing to the nation and, and all of that and his team. And I mentioned how tired they looked. They're only people. They're only human. And so we continue to pray for them and to pray for all of our people, uh, and I know that you'll pray every day that, uh, that uh, God will look over us and we have his word to rest on and his hand to rest in. I'm going to pray now we, we'll close, okay? Father in heaven, Lord, we know these are trying times for this world. And, and God, it excites us to think that it might be the last days. That at any moment, we might not even make it through the night, that at any moment, Christ... Could come for his church, Lord. No wonder it's called the Blessed Hope. And so, Father, we anxiously look for the return of Christ to escape this failing and falling world. We're mindful for our leaders and we pray for them. We know they're tired and exhausted. And I pray that you'll guide them, give them strong body and mind and wisdom that the decisions they make are just the best ones that could be made and and that we emerge from this closer to you, cleaner as a nation and stronger because of what you've taken us through. Father, we know that all things are in your hand and are according to your purpose. We are mindful of Jesus Christ, our Savior, at all times. Who is the author and finisher of our faith, and it is his in his name that we pray? Amen.